Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Between Your Ears. I'm your host, Peg Cleland. I'm a life and mindset coach and a human design specialist. And today's episode, we're going to dive into the topic of habits. And I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory on that. This week, I sent out an email to my email list. And maybe that's the first thing. If you are not on my email list and you would like to be, each week, every Tuesday, I send out an email that includes three ideas, two things I'm loving, and one challenge. And the three ideas are anything could be related to mindset. I've done some full moon energy uh, chats. I've talked about Barbie. (laughs) So it's whatever the theme is I choose. I just give sort of three ideas related to that theme. Sometimes it's business, but you know, it's usually mindset, human design, something like that. And then two things I'm loving, and those are pretty random. It could be a book. uh, I could be recommending a podcast or I, I recommended Modern Family a while ago in the in the newsletter for people to watch. So I also recommended a pair of sweatpants that I bought that were really comfortable. So it's really random, but the two things I love. And then one challenge is usually related to the three ideas. So that was what I sent out this week. And I just thought I would mention it because if you'd like to be on my email list, I would love to have you. There will be a link in my bio, so I'll put that in the show notes, but you can click on the link and just say that you want my email. And you can always say that you don't want it after a while if you don't like me. And then what stuff I send out, but it is kind of fun. And I do love the connections that I get to make with people. So this week it was all about habits and the reason for that. And the reason for this podcast now is I believe it's timely. If you're listening to this towards the end of August, we're heading into fall. If you live in Canada, especially we are heading into the season we call back to school. Uh, Maybe if you're in a different country in the world, it's different for you. But for those of us in Canada, It's one of those times during the year that feels like a fresh start. And that is one of the books that I wanted to recommend in this podcast is a book I read last year by Katie Milkman, and it's called How to Change. And one of the things she talks about in the book is this idea of fresh starts. And I'm sure you can think of examples, New Year's. For all of us, I believe that's an energy that we feel it's a fresh start, It's a time to start over, set new intentions and new goals. And, you know, maybe your birthday every year, you feel like, oh, I'm heading into this age group and I'm going to set these new goals for this year of my life on this planet. Uh, Every Monday is actually a fresh start moment because every Monday is like the beginning of the week. So fresh starts are really like the beginning. And unfortunately, I think that Mondays are sometimes not the most ideal fresh start because I don't know if you've been there. Most of us have, I think. You start something on a Monday only to, you know, let's say it's a health journey or a diet, you're doing something. And by Wednesday or Thursday, you made a mistake. And so you kind of give up because the next Monday is so close that you can say, oh, just start next Monday. Next Monday will be the fresh start. But I think for, so, you know, maybe Mondays aren't the best, but for bigger things, we definitely feel like, you know, we set these goals in New Year's Eve set it for your birthday. And I believe that back to school is one of those times of the year because we're just finishing summer here. And in summertime, it can kind of be a time where you lose all control of everything. You know, maybe you spend too much money. Maybe you don't do enough in your business. You kind of slack off. Maybe you eat and drink a little bit too much, having way too much fun during the summer. So when we hit September, it's the time where people join the gym and I know because that's my background is in fitness, and there was a lot of new people in the gym setting these fresh start intentions in September. So that's kind of what instigated this talk on habits because when you're doing a fresh start and setting goals and intentions, 
you need to have some good habits, create some good habits to help you follow through. And I believe the other book I'm going to talk about, and if you have not read this book, you have to go get it. It's one of my all-time favorite books, and you may have read it, and I've talked about it before probably, but it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And atomic meaning small, like small bite-sized habits. Like he's big on these little, you know, it's small habits. So I'm going to go through a lot of things today about building habits that you can stick to because there's no, no sense having big goals and intentions if we don't have the habits to back them up. So I'm going to be sharing some of the ideas that he shares and some of the ideas that I got from Katie Milkman's book as well. But these are things that in my email, I just shared three tips there. But the challenge I gave this week was to choose like one of them, because that's the other thing is we so often bite off more than we can chew. And we don't have, you know, even one little way to improve our habits. And so we fail. So just pick one thing. Don't overwhelm yourself. But there's, if you've got a pen and paper, Jot down the thing that really resonates with you and see if you can add that to your new goals that you're setting for the fall. Because goals and intentions are great, and I highly encourage it in the fall, uh, anytime really. But And you can also revisit, like after you listen to this podcast, you might want to revisit some of the things that maybe you set as a fresh start in January, and maybe you didn't get there. Maybe something did happen, and you didn't set those strong, you know, you couldn't create those habits to make it stick. Well, go revisit it after this, and maybe you can apply some of these little tips and tricks. So let's dive in. And and he sort of sets things up with opposites. So I'm going to talk about one of his first tips, James Clear's tips, is when you want to create a good habit, make it obvious. When you want to break a bad habit, make it invisible. So think of those opposites, make it obvious or make it invisible. And some examples of that are, if you want to make it obvious, You're setting yourself up for success, really. And one of the ways you can do that is by staging your environment. Like, look at where you are. And I just had this thought now. Your environment also includes people. So who are you surrounding yourself with? That can actually be a big instigator or or block to you reaching your goals uh, by establishing habits, depending on who who's in your environment. But just keep that in mind. But we're going to talk about your physical environment, your home, your bedroom, your pantry, things like that. Set your environment up for success. And the example I just said there of a pantry, like let's say you're trying to set some new health goals this fall, but you have chips in the pantry. Well, either stop, and this is kind of the opposite, like if you want to make it invisible, stop buying it. So you're going to reduce your exposure to chips by not buying them. But let's say your family still likes to enjoy some chips, even though you're not. Put your chips in the garage and they have to go out and get the bag of chips if they want to have chips. They're just not in your vicinity. You've cleared your environment. So you're setting yourself up for success. Uh, It might be certain things that you're trying to stay away from. Put them on a high shelf. So it becomes awkward to even get them out. Like you'd have to make a trip to the garage to get a ladder out to get the, you know, cigarettes if you're trying to quit smoking. Whatever it is, set up your environment to make your good habits obvious and your bad habits invisible. So that's one thing. And, you know, there's many examples about setting your environment. If you want to read more books, leave books out for yourself to read. Leave one on your bed. Every morning when you make your bed, you know, put a book there. So just set up your environment. Think of how you can set yourself up for success, not failure. Make things obvious or make them invisible. The next thing he talks about is, sorry, before I leave that one, how could I forget this one? This is my like all-time favorite. Making your habits obvious is habit stacking. 
And if you haven't heard of habit stacking, I mean, it's a super simple concept, but an example of habit stacking. So what it is, is you take something you're already doing. It's already a habit that you have and you add to it something that you want to do. So I'm already doing this and I need to do this and stick them together. So an example that I have have stuck to for a long time now, since I started this little, and I don't know, a couple years now, I thought, I'm going to try this habit stacking thing and I want to drink more water during the day. So every morning I get up and go to the coffee maker to make coffee. So maybe you're one of those people. I just do it. It's a habit. Like it would be weird if I didn't do that. I wouldn't, it's not like I'd forget to make the coffee. I just do it. So now when the coffee is brewing, I fill up my coffee mug with water and I drink it. You know, I actually drink it relatively fast. I'm actually kind of thirsty when I wake up. So why not? I get one full cup of water like out of the way. Tick the box. Good for me. While my coffee's brewing. And I've been doing that for two years now. And another little trick is that after you drink your full cup of, you know, tap water, room temperature water, whatever, maybe you want it in the fridge. I just get tap water. Then I fill it up with hot water and let it sit so my mug gets warm while it's waiting for my coffee to perk. So that's another little, not that that's a good or bad habit, but it's just a helpful habit. So that's an example of habit stacking. Find something you already do all the time. You brush your teeth all the time. You want to do more squats. Brush your teeth and do 10 squats. You want to meditate more. You drive to work every day. When you drive to work, park your car, shut it off, sit for two minutes, and do some meditation before you go into work, provided you're early enough. You you know, you stop for a lunch break every day. Meditate in your lunch break. Whatever it is, find something you're already doing and attach something that you need to do. Okay, that's a perfect one. I just love that. Even if if you stop the podcast now and go practice that one, that's a good one. So the next section he talks about in the book is attractive, making a, a habit that you want, make it attractive, and the opposite would be making it unattractive. And in my email, I said, like, make it attractive, like you want to date it. Make, you know, because there's things, things we don't want to do. Sometimes we set ourselves goals and intentions. We really want nothing. They're very unattractive. We do not want to date that thing. But try to make it more attractive. And one of the ways you can do that, and this I think is a brilliant idea as well, and I believe I heard this one in both books, so How to Change and Atomic Habits, is temptation bundling. And so it's taking something that you want to do. It's tempting. You're very attracted to it. So you want to do it. And bundling with something that you know you should do, that you need to do. So things like exercising or maybe doing housework. These are things you know you need to do, you should be doing, but you don't, you're not really attracted to them, but pair them with something that is attractive and only allow yourself to have that attractive thing if you're doing the other thing. So the example of the treadmill is you need to run on the treadmill. It's something you're trying to commit to. You're trying to build your fitness level. Maybe you've got a certain goal. You need to do that. You should do that. Um, But it's not something you're really attracted to. However, you love listening to true crime podcasts. So you're only allowed to listen to true crime podcasts when you're on the treadmill. Otherwise, you have to give it up cold turkey. No true crime. Or maybe it's a book series. I think Katie Milkman in her book talks about uh, Harry Potter. She loved that series of, of books that she was listening to on Audible or something. And she would not allow herself to listen to the next episode, the next scene, the next anything, chapter, until she was on the treadmill. So that's a perfect example of temptation bundling. Make it attractive. Get in there and, and do the thing. Uh, making it unattractive, I guess if it, if it, uh, 
if it seems unattractive, this is an example that James Clear gave, sometimes it's just reframing things. So it might seem unattractive. And I, th- I think the reframe is a little bit about gratitude. So you might think that you have to run on the treadmill, but instead if you could change that to, I get to. I get to run a treadmill. I actually have a treadmill in my building, in my basement, at the gym, wherever it is. I have a treadmill. And two, I can, I can actually walk. I can move. How lucky am I? So if you can reframe it, even though it seems unattractive, it's really a mindset thing. And that's what this podcast is all about. And I've talked about it many times. It's just changing your perspective on something. So that was his second category, making things attractive or unattractive. And the third one was making something easy. You're trying to build a good habit. Make it easy. And if you're trying to break a bad habit, make it difficult. And he sometimes talks here about reducing the friction would make something easier or increasing the friction makes it more difficult. And some of these things overlap with what we've already talked about. Uh, You know, the chip idea of having a bag of chips. You're reducing the friction by by not buying the chips uh, or increasing friction by putting them far, far away from you in the garage. So that's just an overlap of the same idea. But another thing you can think about with easy and difficult, as I mentioned at the beginning, a lot of times with goals or intentions, we just try to bite off more than we can actually chew. We try to do too much, too fast, too soon, and we give up. And so James Clear talks about having like a two-minute rule, that you have to achieve a small portion of the success in two minutes with this new habit you're trying to build, especially in the beginning. And the funniest example that he gives is you want to get healthier, so you're going to join a gym. But what happens with a lot of people is they join the gym in September with all these great goals and intentions, or maybe it's in January, but they go gung-ho so hard, so fast, that they burn themselves out. And they get disappointed after the first week because they were there for an hour every day, and they're not seeing results. They're just tired and sore by the end of the week. And so it's like, I didn't get anything out of that. That wasn't very rewarding at all. So the example he gives is you, you know, buy your gym membership, and you... The first day, you just drive to the gym. You stop and park and look at the gym, take a picture maybe, and then go home. Two minutes. It took you two minutes out of your way to drive there on the way home from work. But it also starts to establish an identity, and that's not something he talks about at this point in the book, but the identity of somebody who goes to the gym. You just stop by. It was easy. And that's the thing. It was easy. So the next day, you go to the gym and you go inside. You have a look around. Spend two minutes and then leave. That was easy. You've now spent two days at the gym, And it's been kind of fun. It was easy. You're becoming a person who goes to the gym every day. And then the next day, you're allowed to get on the treadmill as soon as you walk in the doors. Get on the treadmill for two minutes and then leave. And what's interesting is it starts to feel like you're getting some success and you're becoming that person who does this. It's becoming easier and easier to stop by the gym because you know it's not going to kill you. It's just a little bit of time. And then you're on the treadmill and it's so easy for two minutes. You think, well, maybe I'll just stay on here for five more minutes. Why not? And you're building up to achieving your goal in small bite-sized pieces. So the two-minute rule, I think, is a great one. And the opposite of that, I guess, making something difficult, increasing the friction. You know, we talked about moving the chips far away so it takes more effort to get to them. But another idea, using the gym again, and sorry for all my fitness examples, but that's, that was the last 35 years of my life, so they come naturally. But if people pay for a personal trainer... That's kind of like increasing the friction. You got money on the line here. You don't want to miss going because you're losing your money. So it's making it a little bit more difficult to just 
give up on the gym that day because you put your money down. So that's another just simple example of making it a little bit more difficult to to bail. And the last category he talks about are satisfying, making your good habits satisfying and making the bad ones unsatisfying. And so as far as satisfying goes, things like, you may have heard it like gamifying. If you could make something kind of a game, kind of fun, and I know Orange Theory does a great job of that, um, at least when I you know, tried them out a few years ago, because you've got the heart rate monitor and it's up on a screen and you can see yourself. You're, you're competing against yourself. You can see other people though, but it's a little bit of a game and it's satisfying. And maybe that's how I fractured my foot on the treadmill is because I was a little too competitive with myself and wanting to get in that certain zone. Uh, but anyway, having a tracker, having some kind of a, you know, a Fitbit that tells you things, you're challenging yourself, but you're, you're seeing your results. You're gamifying it a little bit. And I know that for the health and wellness business that I have, when we do a 30-day challenge for you know, either exercising or eating habits, that when you get to check off those little circles and sometimes post it on social media, it feels really satisfying to see your progress. And then when you can see it, you don't want to miss a circle on the chart, so you just keep doing it. So that's very satisfying. I don't know if you like me, but I like checking things off. So use a tracker. Um, and also this, again, it's fitness, but it could go for anything, like reading a book. Choose something you like. So if you want to do more reading, don't try to force yourself to read through books because somebody else said it would be really good for your mindset. Find one that works for you, like get a library membership instead of buying all these books, but find what style. Is it fiction, nonfiction? Because sometimes you can get mindset work from certain fiction books too. So do something satisfying for you so that it's satisfying not just on the tracker and as you get closer to reaching your goal, but it's satisfying in the moment. When it comes to exercise, don't force yourself to go to a cycling class when you really hate being on the bike. No matter how many people tell you that's the best way to get in shape or it's the fastest this or it's great cardio or you're going to love it, if you don't love it, you're going to hate going. So make it satisfying. Choose something that you love to do. And if it's not at the gym, maybe you just love to walk. Go walking. Walking is a great form of exercise. Uh, So anyway, make it satisfying. The other thing he says there, which I think is a great tip is never miss twice. And like I said, even if you took two or three things from this, I use the habit stacking and I definitely have thought about this one a lot. Never miss twice. And perfect example is this podcast. And I know that there are a lot of podcasts that don't survive. And I think it's because of this. If you miss once and then you miss twice and then you decide, well, it won't matter if I miss the third episode, you know, on that week. And then pretty soon it's like, wow, I've missed a whole month and a half. So maybe I'll just start up again in the fall. That's what happens to any goal if you start to miss too many of your your checkpoints with that goal, with your intentions, if you miss too many. So this is really talking about, you know, missing twice might be something that you're doing regularly on a daily basis. But I think with any goal you have, see how it applies. What are you missing? What are you not doing? Uh, You know, if it's business... Maybe you set out with a goal to make three business calls every day and you missed a day and then you did it and then you missed a day and then you missed another day. Once you've missed two in a row, it starts to, the habit is starting to, you know, erode. It's wearing away already. So to get it established, never miss twice. So that's a really good rule. Uh, And the opposite of satisfying would be unsatisfying. 
So you can think of ideas for how to make your bad habits unsatisfying, uh, even just how you how you view them, I guess. But one of the things he gives, which is funny, I think, is <laughs> make the costs of your bad behavior public and painful. So I guess that's a little bit like having an accountability partner that, you know, it's a little painful to tell your partner that you didn't do something. Ah, I didn't stick with that. No, I didn't. Sorry. It's, you know, it's like embarrassing, but it's public and it's painful. And that's just with one accountability partner. So if you're in a group of people, it's even a little harder. And if it's something that's going to be public, um, an example that I can't remember which book it was in, but it involved money and it was sort of publicly saying $50 is going into this account here, and if I don't achieve my goal of blah, blah, blah by a certain date, if I don't stick to this habit, then that money is going to my worst enemy or it's going to my least favorite charity or something that I don't want to support. That's where my money's going. So it's kind of, it's public, you've announced it, and it's a bit painful. So um, those are just some ways to make it, I guess, not satisfying, which truthfully, for the most part, if we can focus on the good side, So if you want to create habits, make them obvious, make them attractive, make them easy, and make them satisfying. If you hear those four words, it's obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying, especially the attractive, easy, and satisfying. Like, why wouldn't we want to keep up with that habit? And the obvious one is just really setting up your environment for success. And the opposite, you know, if you've got habits... You need to quit their bad habits, make them invisible, see them as unattractive. How can you make them look and feel as unattractive as possible? Make them difficult and unsatisfying. So that's your little um, tid- tidbit on setting some goals and intentions for the fall and then trying to back them up with these simple habits, atomic habits. Pick one or two things from the talk today and see if you can implement them into the goals that you set for this fall or revisit the ones you set in January and see see if you can bring those back to life if you let them go. All right, uh, we're past the 20-minute mark, and I know the last couple weeks we've had long episodes on human design. So before I leave, though, if you are interested in human design, I've started to post a little bit more about human design just because... Uh, I want to get the word out that it is something I love and I think it applies as such a great foundation to so many things in life. I love doing readings. If you're interested in a reading, there's a link in my bio for that. And I do plan to do my human design course again this fall, so stay tuned. And probably the best way to hear about any of these things early on is if you're on my email list. And I don't talk about them all the time. I, I try to keep the email list full of a variety of education and inspiration and a little bit of entertainment here and there. But that's the first place I will announce if something's coming up or if there's a special on for something. So if you want to be kind of on the inside track, uh, I would love to have you on my email list. And like I said, you can always unsubscribe. <laughs> but I hope you don't. And I love feedback too. And that goes for this podcast. I have, I have been consistent with this podcast. I haven't missed twice ever. And I still always would love to hear from you. Or if you found something valuable in the podcast today, please share it on your social media stories and tag me. Uh, that does get the word out. Your friends then see it and maybe they'll start to listen in. And it just, it makes me feel good. And when people reach out to me and send me a little message about something, uh, it warms my heart. So thank you so much for listening in again. And oh, last announcement. I stopped recording the meditations for Fridays because there's so many of them there that uh, I've been nurturing my email list a bit more. And I felt like 
I could give up the meditation one for a while because there's so many. I may pop in occasionally and do something that has to do with a certain an equinox or a full moon time when I think it'd be great for a new meditation. But for the most part, you can just go back and revisit. They're all sitting there, so pick the ones that you like and um, you can listen to those. All right, that's it for today. Thanks again for being here. I appreciate you so much. And until next time, take care of the space between your ears. <laughs>